Hi there. China was once an unstoppable economic machine, but that has certainly changed in the past few months as the Chinese government is pulling out all the stops to get back running again. So what's it doing? Will it work? I'm Aaron Young. Let's try find out. Now from our headquarters at Ticker Park, this is Ticker Today. Great to have your company. Okay, so the Chinese government has cut stamp duty in half for stock trading to try to kickstart their economy. On top of this, there are now also calls for banks to cut deposit rates to give the failing property sector a shot in the arm. As we know, the property sector in the country is one of the key areas dragging the rest of the economy down. In another sign of how bad it's all become, property giant Evergrande shares fell almost 90% after starting trading again this week after a 17-month hiatus. It is that bad to talk to us about what's happening, what it all means. Let's bring in China Insider's David Jang, who's in New York for us. Great to see you. Um, how bad is the situation in China and why have they now had to resort to cutting stamp duty? It's a re repetition or a response to the repetition of trying to stimulate the economy, but nothing seems to be working. And this seems to be uh, a, a temporary you could call it putting a band-aid on a gunshot wound. The market has responded positively after they cut stamp duty, but think of it like it's really just cutting the transaction prices or the transaction fee and then giving more money to people who can who, who's putting into a market that's failing. And so when you think of it like that, it, is it really a remedy or a repetition of something that's working it's not it's really just putting a stamp on something that's going to last maybe a week maybe a month but the long-term issues is that confidence of consumerism in china is at an all-time low because this is directly related to the political trouble uh the people experience so i think it won't be a long-term solution it's a really difficult time for Xi Jinping. It seems that he may have been the leader for the times when things were rising for the people of China. But now that things are kind of heading south, how's he going? Is he still able to, to capture the spirits of all of those people in China who just want a better life, to, to have a middle class life? It's very much a divided uh, half and half, I would say. The people that can access outside information are trying what they call is the run movement. So get out of China as as, as soon as possible. Those that uh, are unable to fulfill this, uh, this get out of China movement, they're really stuck in China. But I think after the pandemic, it really woke many people up because prior to that, uh, you only had individual groups of people who were at the uh, mercy of the party. But after the pandemic, the entire Chinese population was uh, under, uh, you could say, persecuted by the Chinese regime. So after that, I, th I think it's it's a, a rising number of people who are unsatisfied with the ruling. Uh, because prior, you know, just a decade ago, before 2012, it was very much years of peace, or at least relative peace in the Chinese regime. So I think it's a, uh, you're, you're putting so much pressure now, and it, it's about time that it's exploding. Well, I mean, things were going so well, right? And now it seems to be about trying to shore up market confidence in the stock market as well, which is pretty hard to do when, as we mentioned, Evergrande drops 90% after returning to the stock market after a 17-month hiatus. Yeah, well, another one is if you expand that to the entire private enterprise uh, in China, the sector, uh, when China introduced 31 points to try to stimulate the private sector, it was met next day with the uh, stock market. Uh, so it tells you that no matter what they try to do, it's never an economic uh, issue in China. It's always a political one. So I always say you can't solve this issue with Harvard-class economic policies. You can only solve this by talking some sense into the Chinese regime in Beijing 
Uh, but that's never going to happen. So that's why I see this as a deadlock situation where the regime won't budge, the economy won't budge, uh, the Chinese people won't budge. So that's where I see things are at now. Yeah, it's often said that investing in China uh, when it comes to the stock market, even particularly Shanghai exchanges, is kind of like pulling out your phone and, and using a gambling app while on a roller coaster at a theme park. It's always been a risky move. It's always been a roller coaster. And that was when things were good. What's it like when things are bad? And now you have Chinese authorities saying we're trying to bring some sense of stability to the market. There's never been stability in the market. You're, you're absolutely right, Aaron. The, the entire situation has always been manipulated to begin with. So I don't understand why people think that somehow one day or one word from the government is going to change things. Uh, I, I don't see the stock market in China going forward as something that people should invest in, simply because we're, we're in the worst economic situation we've ever seen in China in the last 40 years. And this isn't the bottom yet. This is not hitting rock bottom. So things are going to sprout out of control from here on. What you're seeing right now, including what's happening in the stock market, they're temporary signs, uh, but but they're not the, the, the end result. And I think the end result is going to be much worse than we're already seeing now. Yeah, I'm kind of looking back to the 07, 08, 09 era where we had the global financial crisis kicked off in the UK, uh, as well as the US, Lehman Brothers, uh, Freddie Mac, etc., where a lot of people on low incomes were not being able to pay their mortgages. That had been a policy brought in place by the Clinton administration in the 90s, trying to obviously give everyone a, a house, whether or not they could afford it. That eventually caught up with things. China's essentially in the same boat, isn't it? They've been trying to push for growth, trying to build all of these cities of towers with people not even living them. Um, and now it turns out that towers full of people who don't live in them struggle to pay the bills. Is this the beginning of China's GFC? And if so, will they look to try and secure things to fix things similar to what the United States and governments around the Western world did back in 08 and 09, where they said it is too big to fail? Will China essentially have to come to the rescue of some of these big real estate giants? It's a very messy situation, like you said, uh, and nobody really knows how how much, uh, I guess you could say, what the ability of the Chinese government to rescue its economy is really, uh, mm -hmm. how deep their pockets are. But because of the way its political structure is, is functioning, they can afford to move many things around to try to fill the gaps. Uh, but like you mentioned, Aaron, I think this is the situation where China was shielded in 2008. It's now catching up to them. I don't expect them to come out of this uh bump free or injury free. I expect this to be a moment like the Lehman Brothers in 2018, uh, 2008. Uh, just like one last point, I think the real estate sector, what we're seeing now is the result of years uh, of accumulation. You have two populations in China, one that can afford to buy houses, they're not buying. The other ones that are living in houses, they can't afford to pay it. Why aren't they buying? Uh, Political confidence, political, the consumerism in China is at an all time low simply because nobody knows what's going to happen within a month or two in China. Nobody knows what the next political movement is going to look like. Will it be another lockdown? Uh, will it be another uh, potential, you know, Mao era like uh, cultural revolution? Every, everything is so certain because of what they went through for three years that is zero COVID. And so I think that's the main reason why people aren't moving their pockets.
It's really funny you talk about zero COVID. It seems governments around the world that went for that strategy are really struggling to be able to convince people to come back out again, whether it be businesses trying to get people back to work, back to the office, etc. Um, it has had this fundamental change. Now, that's in a capitalist society. And I know in New York, you're seeing it, Subway announcing a 20% drop in foot traffic as well um, in you know outside their stores. That gives you an idea of what's happening in cities across America, a 20% decline in people returning. But what about in a communist society like China, where essentially it is meant to be what the government says you do, you do? How can we have a point where the Chinese people are saying we won't invest? Um, what can the Chinese government, the communist regime now do to encourage, force people to reinvest back in the economy? Otherwise, China fails. No, you described the very much what's happening in China, because what people are doing right now, it is essentially a different form of protest. It's a different form of revolution uh, where over over the decades, you cannot really violently start a revolution in China. So what people resort to do is just cruise by and try not to affect much of society positively by not contributing. If they don't do that, there's no net growth. And in turn, it's a slowdown. It's a systemic uh stoppage and that's really it and just you turn society from 100 percent to zero in an instant and we're seeing that in china deflation in china uh, a looming recession i think that's the result of it yeah and there just seems to be no ability from the government to be able to contain it at this stage at a time where western countries are trying the best they can to decouple the best they can from china what would that mean Right. You're seeing Commerce Secretary, U.S. Commerce Secretary uh, Gina Raimondo in the China in Beijing right now. What we're, we're basically seeing now is no country is willing to completely attach themselves to China. Uh, we're going to talk about the BRICS, but, you know, outside of these, I think nobody wants a complete relationship with China right now. And that's just how it's going to be going forward in the near future. Yeah. All right, David Zhang, China Insider, a great publication. Great to have your time as always. Thank you. And that is the program for now. For more, you can head to tickernews.co. I'll see you soon.